Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I want to talk about something which is kind of old school, but it's for people who may not have experienced analogue photography, which is like film photography. It's something I think well worth doing. At least try it. If you've never, ever tried it, it's, it's definitely worth trying. And I suppose what's got us to this point of talking about this is it still is film is still incredibly popular and people like to experiment film um, but one of the elements of the upcoming Brisbane Photography Festival is we're actually going to have a um, analog challenge basically we're going to challenge people to take a, a disposable camera out and capture some images which will get everyone to post back into the Facebook group and then there'll be some prizes and different things like that but the idea is I thought I might talk about, I suppose, my experience with um, with film and I suppose what it, what it teaches you about photography. Today, I mean, we live in a, a world of kind of instant gratification. You take a picture and straight away you can see what it is on the back of the screen. If you don't like it, you can reshoot it, you can delete it, you can, you know, get that instant feedback. But that's not the way photography used to be so when I started photography which I was quite young and was shooting film and then all through my kind of teenage years and young adulthood I you know continued to shoot film and it really has probably been only in the last 20 years that I've been playing in the with digital photography and, and obviously the world's changed and from even in the last few years from you know DSLRs to mirrorless cameras and that type of stuff so you know it's always evolving but I think it's always good to sometimes go back to your roots or even go back to where photography started because it can teach you a lot I can remember back in the early 90s did a did a trip to the US being a photographer and wanting to be able to obviously capture a lot of what I saw over there I, I planned it from you know a very early part of the trip the planning was how much film to take, you know, what lenses would I take because, you know, it was obviously when you're travelling, considerations are things like whether you pack a tripod, whether you, you know, take a whole heap of kit of lenses or whether you just try and keep it back to just a couple of lenses. So I ended up, you know, taking back in the day then I took one 35mm um, film camera body, which was a Canon and I took a couple of lenses, so I think I took something like a, would have been like a 50mm, I think I took a 28mm prime, a 50mm prime, and a 135mm prime. So they're all prime lenses, didn't have any zoom, they were all primes. And I took a tripod, which I had, which I've still got that tripod, it's been here, there and everywhere. But it was uh, one of those things I thought, well, if I want to do some night photography and I want to kind of set up, I'm going to need a tripod, so... It was kind of something I used. I did only used it a couple of times, but I suppose back in the day with um, with film, you had to keep the camera extremely still because obviously the the exposures were very long at night. So any type of movement was going to actually spoil the image. So it was kind of a necessary thing to have, but obviously a bit of a, a bit of a thing to carry around. But but the other thing was, so I had to plan on how much film I was going to take because my plan was originally was to take all the film and then bring the film back and have it processed here in Australia and that changed along the way because I was away for nearly three months on that trip 
I think the the plan was originally was, you know, I think I took 15 rolls of 36 exposure uh, film and the plan was obviously that was going to be what I took. And, it, and I suppose this is one of the things that I suppose it teaches about photography that today, you know, we've got the, the spray and pray mentality where you can basically out somewhere for the first time seeing all these things and you can just, without thinking too much about the composition or without thinking too much about the subject, you're just firing off images which potentially you'll never use or never show anyone. So, but it's just kind of, I suppose, the the way it, photography has evolved. And back in the day when I had, you know, a limited number of, of exposures, you thought about what you took shots of. Like, you didn't just waste film like you... You try to make every shot count, so you tried to make every shot was going to be a, a keeper that something that you were going to keep. And the thing is that you you plan the shoot like these days. You know, it's easier to take a half a dozen shots of the same scene, but some slightly different angles, just so you can in post. You can sit back and have a look, and you can choose your favourite because you're just not quite sure. You think, oh, that looks pretty good. Oh, that looks okay. And back. Yeah, shooting in the day of film, it really slowed you. I think it really slows you down. It really makes you think about what you're going to shoot. And the thing about it is, you don't have that instant feedback. So you you're just kind of going with your, um, I suppose, going with your gut feeling on what the exposure, you know, what's going to work for you in that particular instance, and just hope that you got it right. Obviously, just you know, mindful of how fragile film is because obviously when you're traveling i mean it's possible that canisters can get damaged or they can be exposed to you know extremes of temperature of heat and cold and you know also going in and out of through airports there's concerns with you know film being x-rayed and that having a fogging effect on on the film so so i think out of my original 36 exposure rolls 15 of the 36 exposures i end up buying some more film miles away because i did obviously take more shots than I was planning because there was a lot to see in that trip. And But the thing about it was, and I did in the end actually, and this is back in the days too when one-hour processing was a, was a huge thing where you could drop your film off and come back an hour later and you'd have prints. So, you know, I did actually get a lot of my film processed because when I sat down and worked out the cost of process in Australia – it was actually much cheaper to process it in the US, so I just thought to myself, well, I'll process what I can, and then when I run out, what I run out of time, and I'll I'll bring back the unexposed, the, well, I'll bring back the exposed rolls of film and get it processed in Australia. And so it was kind of, and it was good actually to get the to get actually get some of those images while I was away because you could look back on places. Now there were there were shots that by the time. I had them processed. They, I couldn't go back and reshoot them. So if I'd messed them up, they were messed up. So because you, we were traveling all the time, moving, moving around. I think I only stayed in one, only stayed in one place for about two weeks, and that was up in um, West Constance, up in a little place called Niagara. My wife has some uh, relatives up there, so we went and spent a couple of weeks with those guys. And but the rest of the time, we were kind of moving around and not really, you know, staying in the one place that often, like quite often. In a city, we'd be there for a day or two at the most, and then we moved on to, on to somewhere else. So, yeah, the chances of kind of reshooting stuff wasn't an actual uh, issue, but it didn't turn out to be like 
you know, you got superly disappointed because you messed up because, again, that process of analog photography, like I said, it really did slow you down. And, of course, at that point in time, that's the only photography I knew. You know, that's the stuff I'd done since I was a young kid, that using film and understanding limitations and understanding the considerations of when you actually make an exposure. Like I said, you you tend to choose it. So I think it's it's a really good exercise for people if you've never shot film. It's a really good exercise to just do it because, like I said, it's it's something. And these days, like I said, not everyone has access to a film body camera. So like I said, one of the next best things is to use a disposable camera. And look, the image quality you're going to get from a disposable camera isn't going to be great. I mean, it's going to have a very basic plastic lens on the front. So, you know, you don't have a lot of, um, it's not going to be the sharpest um, shots you take. But I mean, again, it can still actually make for some pleasing shots because it actually makes you really think about what you're shooting each time you press that shutter because, and, and a lot of people used to explain it was, you know, you press that shutter, you knew that there was a cost. Yeah, you know, when you press that button, you're exposing that frame and you're winding it on and then you have to get it printed and quite often you get, it, you know, even if you messed it up, you still paid for a, a print because it, they didn't discriminate. They didn't know you might have been trying to be, they didn't know the picture was going to be all blurry and um, out of focus and, you know, crazily overexposed or underexposed. And I might have thought, oh, he's been creative. That's that uh, creative photography. So I think the, like I said, the whole process of winding back the clock, taking your camera and, or taking a, I think the, the process of winding back the clock and taking something like a film camera out into the world, just explore with that camera and just work out, you know, the things that are important, that things that you really want to take a shot of. And then some other things you'll go, you know what, that doesn't, that's not going to deserve a shot today. And like I said, it really does make you think about your photography in a very different way. And look, there's um, there's an exercise you could do. So say if, if the idea of buying a disposable camera and then going out and shooting it, and then because you've got to get it processed. So there's a whole time lag factor here where you basically take the shots and then you basically move on and get wait for it to be developed and wait for it to be scanned and wait for you to get the images back to see what you actually had captured. So that process, and again, for some people, that's actually a, that's a part of the, I suppose, the allure of the, or the, the enjoyment you can get from shooting like film because you're not actually, like I said, you, you've got to wait for it. And it's like a lot of things. Sometimes I can remember being back in the day, I was a part of a record club. So basically I joined this record club and what you could do is quite often there was bonuses, you know, same if, same if a band was coming out with a new album, sometimes you would, there'd be like an early release when you you could pre-order it. And then as soon as they started pressing albums, you know, yours was one of the first kind of dispatch. So you got the, sometimes got stuff before it actually got into stores, which was really cool. So, but you had to wait for that to turn up. So it turned up in the mail and then, you know, that was kind of a, I suppose some of the allure of it, that, that it just wasn't kind of instant. Like these days, if you, you know, you can download your favorite music and basically bang, you've got it there straight away. You pay for it and on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is and you've got it on your device. And again, it, it does change. Like I said, it, it really does change the way we consume stuff. And I think sometimes 
even though like I don't think people would want to really go back and just completely give digital away and shoot film because that's not the not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having that experience where sometimes you know people quite often will go and do an experience where it might be a weekend away where it's a where it's a digital detox where you're in a country little town or wherever and there's no internet and there's no service or whatever. So it really makes you those go back to nature and find ways to amuse yourself where instead of using, you know, an online device. So some people like that idea of sometimes just going back and just putting your toe in the water and just experiencing what it was like pre the digital photography age. And and like I said, it can really teach you something. And that's why, you know, when we're looking at challenges and looking at things to put in the photography festival, we wanted things that potentially people may not have done before. And this hopefully will be the 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 catalyst they'll say, well, you know, I've never done it before, so I really should try it. Again, with a there's not a lot of scope to be super creative using camera settings because you pretty much are fixed with the settings in a camera like that. There's not too much you can actually change. I mean, if you're lucky enough to own a working 35mm body, then obviously you've got some control over the type of lenses you put in front of it, the control over the shutter speed and the aperture and, and that type of thing. I mean, you are set with the ISO, so whatever film is in the camera, that's going to be the ISO that you're working with. So it's going to, like I said, really make you consider a lot of things. If you're taking a picture of something that's moving, you know, that's going to be a challenge because you're probably not going to have a fast enough shutter speed to to freeze the action. So again, it's something it's something to really, I suppose, think about, something to play with, something just to have that experience. Like I said, I, I think for a lot of people, that's what the allure is sometimes, just revisiting some of the stuff from the past just to, to kind of, I suppose, kind of experience what it was like and then yeah, back in the day, as a photographer, I mean, my life used to evolve around one of the greatest things that happened to where I was working. There was a, a one-hour film lab open right next door. The guy who ran it, I, yeah, we instantly hit it off. He loved photography. I loved photography. He now was my best friend because basically, I'd drop film there and in the, in the, you know from the weekend on the Monday, and then yeah, at lunchtime he's got all the film, and then of course he would do. He'd go do extra stuff for me. You know, he'd print different. If he, if he said, "Oh, this one would look really good," as a you know, like a bigger print, that type of stuff. So we had a really good friendship. So, like I said, it was, and I spent a lot of money there, like seriously getting stuff processed. Because back in the day, like I said, I did shoot a lot of stuff, and I said it's no different to today. Like I still shoot a lot of stuff, but obviously. I don't have the the wait time to wait for the processing, or I don't have the the cost associated with actually getting the images because digital. That's one of the advantages of digital photography is that you've just got this you've just got this resource at your fingertips. But like I said, it's it's not always the it's not always the same, and it's like I think what happens too is a lot of things that were kind of done back in the day. People do go back and revisit. Um, I know some people like, you know, once upon a time, like factory made cakes and biscuits weren't really a, a thing of, of such that you couldn't go and buy them. Most people like they were home baked or type of thing. So every now and then I know people sometimes have a bit of a baking spurge when they go back and they bake all these things that back in the day were very 
very popular for people to make jam drops and 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 different types of things that people could make at home with their you know with their basic ovens and mix masters and all those type of things and sometimes people just do it today because they could go out and buy biscuits but they just want to have that experience of you know going through the process of getting the ingredients together by you know measuring out the ingredients by blending the ingredients and and then going through that process and then baking it and then at the end get a get the result get the you know the proof is in the eating type thing so i think that's really why photography and analog photography today still has some merit for people and it still has an allure and and some people who just really are fully immersed in it like that is their that is their medium that they shoot with and i know a number of photographers who don't really shoot very much digital they actually shoot mainly film and they like it because of that process because it really is a discipline it really slows you down it really makes you think about what you're shooting and like i said that can sometimes help you as a photographer just having that discipline like i said it's easy to kind of pick up a digital camera and just start blasting away and then hoping that somewhere in amongst all those frames is something that you like and something that's usable whereas like i said my shooting film you really have to you really have to think about it so it makes you appreciate i think photography more and i think look you know some people i suppose still think that a you know a print from a from a negative is a, they consider to be a real photograph and to these days that some people think that digital stuff's not really real because there's a lot of things that have happened in the camera whether it manipulating the images using you know hdr techniques or other types of techniques to create a uh, a particular look but again it's the world we live in like everything's changed and it's a bit like i suppose automatic cars most people drive an automatic there's not that many people drive manual cars and even like most manufacturers these days don't even offer a manual car like you can't even buy a manual car new they're all kind of auto because that's what people want and but sometimes fun to go back and drive a an older car that's actually got manual gears. It's just for that again. It's for that experience, and it might be it might be something that you want to drive every day in traffic, changing gears, stop start traffic, not much fun, clutch in, clutch out, all that type of stuff. Where obviously a modern automatic is just such an easy easy drive. Like I said, in stop start traffic, you just ease the accelerator and you move forward and then you you know, hit the brake and you stop and then you take off again. It's a really simple process. But like I said, some people like to go back and relive some of those older, I suppose, older things just to appreciate those the challenges. And I think what when we see some of the, the old photographs that were taken on film, some amazing photographs. And, you know, the, these photographs quite often by people considered, you know, uh, to by by today's standards, still as as masters of photography, and the challenges that they had to do to actually create those images is quite mind boggling. Really, like sometimes just the logistics of it. I can remember seeing uh, an exhibition that was held in Brisbane, and it was done on glass plate. There were glass plate negatives, so and they were taken in a a building that's in Brisbane. That's a very small space. It was it's an old windmill, and it's got a bit of a a lookout at the top and very very difficult very small staircase and there was a 11 shot panoramic view of brisbane back in the day you know the turn of the century taken by an amateur photographer who 
I would have had to lug the gear up this to this thing four four stories up it is, and then set it up. And I don't know how he like. It's a very small f- floor here up there, so the so his tripod would have been really like he would have been juggling to get it kind of in a position, and then obviously get the first frame off, and then work out where to move the camera so when the next frame kind of picked up where the last frame finished until he'd taken these 11 images that created this panoramic view of Brisbane back in the day and like I said I'd take my hat off to the guy because I think it was he shot that it was the yeah it might have been in 1940 um something like that and again it would have been such a challenge to just to even get the plates in there and then actually get the plates home to get them developed you know just all the logistics that he would have had to go through so it can really I mean you really appreciate when you know I suppose the difficulties of using some of that old equipment you can really appreciate how much effort the photographer went to how much how passionate were they to to go through all those steps to create an image which they really didn't know what was going to, how it was going to turn out. You know, imagine if, he, you know, one of those 11 exposures didn't work, you know, and then it's kind of like, it's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, wow, well, I've got to go back and reshoot and I've got to try and work out where to, which one I missed. And, I, and again, that probably wasn't going to be a reality. He was probably just happy, whatever he got, he got. And that was, that was it. But I think, like I said, it was, it was, I suppose people were passionate about what they did and they loved what they do, did and they just loved to get out there and obviously capture stuff. And like I said, film is a really good discipline. Like it's a really different type of shooting experience to digital. I like both. Um, and like I said, and obviously for you know the practical reasons, things like digital photography, gives you that instant gives you that instant image that if you're if you're creating something for um someone's paying you to go and create capture an event or or photograph them for some some other purpose that they obviously they want them fairly quickly and like i said it's kind of you know difficult to do that sometimes with film and the thing like now is like even a film now like it's um film itself is is quite often difficult to get and obviously the number of people who process film is dwindling. Like it's not because they're just, I mean, it's so, so I suppose um, the cost of, of the chemicals and the chemicals have a shelf life. The other thing with chemicals too these days, back in the day, I reckon a lot of, you know, the chemicals just went down the sewer system. They just got into the drains and drained away. These days, obviously with uh, environmental protection and that type of thing, that that's not something you can do anymore. You know, so you have to dispose of the chemicals. So again, it, there's a lot of challenges there, I suppose, for to keep these, to keep these, I suppose, methods and keep these processes alive. But I think that the kind of like some of this stuff is really still relevant. And like I said, a lot of places who, when people go and study photography, they spend a bit of time actually learning about film and learning about the process. And it's kind of not because they're going to go out and be film photographers, but it's for them to appreciate and to understand photography at a different level. And I think that's where film really takes you to another place as far as understanding what an image is and I suppose the meaning behind that image 
And like I said, that that process can be, it's a part of it. Like I said, these days, you know, we, just like, and I suppose where, you know, the difference now between analog photography is that the, all that work went in at the front end. So you had to do everything because basically once you had committed that image to a piece of film, then it was going to be processed and that was what was going to be your final result. Even though, like I said, there is techniques in the darkroom if you were developing them yourself, um, but if you're having them developed for a lab, they're just going to process as shot. They're not going to do too much unless unless you've got a lab where you you know you gave them instructions to say, cut some of these images. I want I want them pushed to stop, or I want them I want this done to it or that done to it. But most times, people got the images back as shot. I mean, these days. The difference is when you actually go out and with your digital camera and you capture the images, that you're not done. Whereas, like in the old days, once that once you finished and you handed that roll of film over to the processor, your work was done. Digital, like I said, has added another element now because obviously once you have finished and you've shot, been out all day shooting, that and you get them and you download them on your computer. The next stage is obviously there's going to be processing because. Most images these days have to have some type of post-processing, um, whether it be just because, you know, a raw image out of a camera is no use to send to somebody. Like if you, you're not going to send someone a raw image because they're not, A, there's so many different types of raw images. People are not going to know how to open it, what to do with it. And like I said, raw images are, by nature, need some processing and then obviously you're going to end up with a JPEG at the end, which you're going to then be able to send anybody and pretty much anyone can open and manage a JPEG image and see it on their computer or on their tablet or on their phone or wherever. So like I said, it has changed a little bit that you know we have got this other layer of processing now which happens after the fact with digital that never happened with analog. And for some people like it that's the chore part of photography. So they actually feel like, like they love the shooting part, they love going out capturing the images, but then when they have to sit there and they have to kind of edit them and go through those images, that's where quite often the time-consuming part is, and that's what happens quite often with people who shoot events. When you've, you know, and I shoot quite a few events, and it is a challenge that basically, like I said, you've been on your feet all day and you might be out shooting for ten hours at an event, and then at some point, you know, you've got to sit at the computer and you've got to look at every one of those images and work out which images are are going to be moved forward that will be used and which ones will be discarded and which ones you might have to do a bit of cleaning up. And sometimes you just for even because you're shooting quite often something like an event where it's, it's fast moving and there's things happening all the time, quite often there's going to be things that you have to fix in post because you just can't you just don't have time. You know, if there's something in the way, sometimes you just can't move it out of the way. You, have, you deal with it in post. But these are, the, like I said, the world's changed a little bit. In this episode of Focus, been talking about, I suppose, and sharing a little bit of, I suppose, my you know, experience shooting film and traveling and the challenges of shooting film back in the day, like I said. And it kind of hinges off the fact, that, like I said, in Brisbane when we do the 2023 Brisbane Photography Festival that will be will be doing a film challenge where we're basically going to get people to shoot with a disposable camera just to give them that experience. So it's going to have go through that whole process of getting the camera, you know, then going out and working out what they want to take shots of, and they'll be able to take pictures of anything. Like it's up 
entirely up to um, the person with the camera what they want to shoot. Well, they might want to shoot something. They might want to shoot pictures of people. They might want to shoot landscapes. They might want to shoot. They might want to try and get creative. Um, but like I said, it's entirely up to people to kind of just play with something a bit different and then have to, you know, send that film in, get it processed, then wait until the film gets comes back to you to see what you actually captured and, and see if you actually had some keepers in there. As always, um, we love your feedback. And if you, like I said, maybe you maybe you've recently just tried some film stuff and you really, you know, and maybe it's the first time you shot film, so maybe explain, you know, tell us how your experience was. Did you did you enjoy it? Did you find it tedious? Did you find parts of it really refreshing? And like I said, everyone has their own spin on this type of stuff. And sometimes, like I said, people um, find it kind of too much of an effort. And other people love the fact that it is an effort because it kind of makes each image that they actually get that bit more special because, like I said, the, the extra effort that went into it. So, like I said, until next time, Enjoy your photography, and like I said, think about maybe shooting some film. Just try something a little bit different. And if you're in Brisbane in June, then definitely have a look at what's happening with the Brisbane Photography Festival, and maybe you want to join in and um, join in the challenge. Till next time, happy shooting. See ya.